talking about life, faith, and everything in between. This is Messy Christianity. And welcome back, Messy Christianity. Gentlemen, compadres, hadn't said that in a while. You haven't. You, you, well, you've kind of scared me off of it. Uh, it's okay. Do you what you have. want. You do you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Brent? Like Jeff. If I could be like Jeff. That's what I always, that's my, <laughs> that's every you, day. That's, that's what I say. That's what I say. Mm. Hey, today's a good topic. I know I say it every week, but seriously, this is a really good topic because it deals with the issue of habits. Now, we always talk about habits, or say always, we usually talk about habits in a negative connotation. Mm. Man, that's a bad habit. But you know, really, getting into good, godly, positive habits, um, that can change a life. Because it can be something that we don't have to spend energy thinking about. We just automatically do it. And if they're good habits, then they're habits that are going to be helpful. So it's not, I guess we can talk a little bit today about what kind of habits to form. But let's really try to focus on how do we form a habit. Hmm. So take it away. And thinking from that perspective, when we think about it in the church world, we're typically talking about spiritual habits. Mm-hmm. But we're not holding that conversation yeah. just for spiritual. Right. Because it's anything, health, physical, whatever, that's going to help. Help us become better, more equipped, more passionate Christ followers. Yeah, we are complete people. We're not just spiritual. We're not just physical. We're not just emotional. We're all of the above. And so whatever we do emotionally, it will affect us spiritually, physically, and vice versa. They all tie together. Just like Jenga. Cannot mess with one without messing with them all. Jenga, baby. There there are tons and tons and tons of books out there and studies about habits throughout the years. And I just recall statistics that I've actually been passing out and been using for probably 15 years with youth ministry. And it was the idea that habits can be broken in three days' time. If you're doing, wow. if you form a habit, you're living a habit in just three days, that habit can be, hmm. can be broken. And then you start thinking, well, how long does it take to build that habit again? Just another three days. Hmm. And no, according to statistics, anywhere between 21 and 40 days yeah. to form a habit. You start thinking about that. And it's like, wow, how many, how many of these do I really want to cultivate? And especially from a positive perspective. Now, cultivating a habit of playing video games or goofing off and, mm-hmm. and doing things of that nature, that seems like that's just that comes natural. But now I want to eat healthier. Now I want to mm-hmm. have a, a personal time with God every day, a set aside what we would call quiet time, personal time of just spending with, with our Father in heaven or wanting to do something more effective in our church. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. every obstacle in life, every mm-hmm. temptation, every phone call, our to-do list gets completely yeah. crazy. And before we know it, that that great idea, that passion that we had is out the window. And a great way to think about that is just look at January, February, and March of every year. How many folks start out the year wanting to have good habits. Mm-hmm. They form New Year's resolutions. I want Don't to ever have, do that. I want to have a habit in my life. And then by the time January 31st hits, I hadn't even thought about it in 31 mm-hmm. days now. And uh, I just wait again until next year. There was a Duke University study uh, recently that, that said that basically 40% of our daily behaviors are a result of our habits. Um, a lot of things, you know, we talk about habits as being a bad habit. You know, somebody that drinks or... or somebody that smokes or, you know, whatever, shopping too much, watching too much TV. These We always think of the bad things and the good things. We think of, I need the habit of spending time every day with God. But so much of our life is habits. I mean, we habitually do. I brush my teeth every, every night, whether I need day. to or not. And you don't even think about it, right? I, I even, 40% seems low. 
I, I think it is low. I mean, it's it, our behaviors are very habitual. Where we sit, we sit in the same seat. Which way you drive to work? Yep. Do you think? Is your mind turned off and you suddenly realize how did I get here? That's because you've habitually done that. Driving a car, <laughs> you know, there's so many things we do when you get into a car that you don't even think about. You get in, you shut the door, you buckle the seatbelt, you put it in the gear, you take your foot off the brake. And if you're driving a stick shift, yep. Sarah, <laughs> then there's even more stuff that you're doing. So our lives are habits. Um, and it's interesting, you're talking about the, the three-day thing and the, the 21. To, there's been some other studies, and I'm, these are studies, so I don't know. But I bet you're reading a book on habits I right now. I am reading a book on habits right now. Man, that's cheating. Uh, well, you know what? It's, Come on. We're having to go back it, based on our own wisdom. Well, I, well, I, I've want, been there I too. wonder who actually came up with this topic. <laughs> it was I. Man, it was I, I am telling you guys. <laughs> I am telling you. And it's not a, a Christian book. It's a business book, but it's it's Atomic Habits is the name of the book. If Atomic, wants. Atomic Habits. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag. Incredible book. But oh, I'll show you the, the premise of that book, though. Atomic meaning an atom. It's a small, tiny, tiny thing. And basically the premise of this book is that small, little, almost insignificant little things can lead to bigger course direction type of change, uh, changes in our lives. And so, um, for instance, somebody wants to run a marathon. Not me. Well, so the first, you know, the first habit may be uh, in the morning I'm going to put on my running shoes and lace them up. It's starting with, I know, that sounds crazy, right? It's a small, insignificant little thing that that's, and, and what, what he's, the point is, is that little things lead to bigger things, to bigger things, to bigger things. Um, you know, sometimes when we're forming habits, we're, we're thinking about this big, huge, grand picture. And if I, I could say it all day, and by the way, I'm not going to, because I'm incapable of it, but I could say all day, I'm going to run a 10K. Can't, whatever. never could. Well, you know what? It's not going to happen unless I start with something yeah. smaller. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe the habit needs to be, um, in, instead of I'm going to eat better, that's very vague. Um, I'm going to, this Sunday night, I'm going to chop up cucumbers and tomatoes and put little baggies of nuts together. And so that's a new habit that I'm going to do every single Sunday. That's going to lead me to eating better. Does that make sense? So yeah. it's, it's, it's forming a, uh, a very specific something to lead to something bigger. So if we're going to form habits, we first have to know what's the reason. What are we trying to accomplish? Mm -hmm. What's the goal? So I think um, start with the end in mind is, was in one of the business books. That yeah. might be Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I'm not mm -hmm. sure. But uh, start with the end in mind. So that's our goal, and that tells us, okay, I'm going that direction, and here's why. The motivation to get to that direction. And it could be a positive or a negative motivation. Studies have indicated that negative motivations are much more powerful than positive motivations. In other words, somebody will start exercising if the doctor says, if you don't exercise, you'll be you dead in a week, yeah. as opposed to, if you'll exercise, you'll feel a lot better. Yeah. Feeling a lot better is a great, great motivation, or or it, it seem, seems like it'd be better, but don't die is, is much stronger. Mm. Um, so you just got to gotta know your why. That, I think that's the first, maybe not the first, but that's one of the foundational things in forming mm -hmm. a habit. Um, what are some other foundational ways of or, or parts of a habit forming? I, I think about habits in my own life, and for me it's very important to take it one day at a time. If I truly start thinking that in a month I want to be here or next you know, two months from now, six months from now, this is where I want to be, that's fine, but I have to make it through this day. Yeah. I have to carve out today 
to develop spiritual habits to, to know God more. I have to carve out today a, a habit of eating healthier or changing my diet or whatever it is that is the habit that I'm trying to cultivate. For so many folks in, in my circle, it's the idea of being able to read more. We're in a, mm-hmm. in a culture that is anti-reading and the reading that our teenagers are taught to read or is, is surface level. There's no substance to it. And the very idea of taking time, carving time out every single day or on a regular basis to read is, is, surmount, is, is, a, is a almost insurmountable thing because reading is, I read my blog, I read this Facebook post, yeah, I read, Twitter, whatever. I read yeah. somebody's report versus reading things that are going to point me toward Jesus or reading things that are going to help me in my, my physical walk and my spiritual walk and my emotional walk and, and things of that nature. So it really is a day-by-day thing. And to, to be honest, when I, a number of years ago, I intentionally started creating the habit of a healthier diet in my mm-hmm. life, changed my diet. And I can tell you the first two weeks were horrendous. Right. They were horrible. I remember those two they weeks. They were hard. Um, and then, you know, I got to a point and then I kind of got off and, and then started doing the whole thing again and then started again. And it was even harder the second go around because of that. So I think for the majority of folks that would say the habits, it really is that those those first 21 days, mm-hmm. 40 days, whatever that is, those are the hardest times. That's when the most discouragement comes. That's when the, you know, I get on the scale every single day and I, I haven't lost two ounces. Matter of fact, I've gained two pounds and we're, we've not given our body time to adjust mm-hmm. to the, the really the, the change in the system. So for me, almost step two is I have to focus on today. I'm not going to worry if, if about next week. I've got to just, if I can carve out that five minutes today or I can, I can put on those running shoes today that's going to be a win and not looking at it, not looking how far I've got to really go in order to get there. And you've got to deal day by day. Absolutely. And so if somebody's trying to set up a new habit that involves time, like like I want to read more, I need to read more, or I've got to spend time exercising. If it's in the ethereal la la land of this is something I need to do, it's going to stay there. Um, You know, the, the phrase, you know, I've got to carve out time. There's only two options for carving out more time. Either mm-hmm. you sleep less <laughs> or you take the time you already have and you pull something else out of that. Now, being fully transparent, uh, something I've been working on is is putting my phone away, um, you know, because I realize there's a lot of time that I'm just doing nothing on my phone, you know. So there's – I've had to – I'm trying to gap my time better. Um, so – that's very specific. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this phrase out a lot today. Another study I, I heard about, there were three groups of people, and the the goal was to was nutrition of some type. It was exercise and to eat better. Group one was just basically told, okay, I don't remember how long the study was, but uh, you need to eat better and you need to exercise. Go for it. Group two was you need to eat better, you need to exercise, and they gave them motivational tips and motivational videos and went through this process with them. I think it was 30 days. No, it was 90 days. Went through this process with them for 90 days. Group three got the same thing. You need to do better. Got the motivational stuff. And then also was added onto that. Uh, We want you to specifically write down uh, when you are going to uh, plan your meals and when you're going to exercise. 
Interesting thing about that study, group one and two, almost identical. Only about 30% of those people did anything, which which shows that the motivation was minuscule. Motivation meant absolutely nothing. The specifics of time and place made all the difference in the world. That group was within the high 80s. It sounds like a, a word we use a lot in the church, intentionality. 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 Yeah. I'm, I'm so, choosing to do that. I'm actually putting on the calendar, yeah. this is what I'm, I'm doing. So my point of all that is to say, to say, I got to carve out time to spend time with God. I got to carve out time to exercise. Put it in the calendar. Write it down. Specific time, specific specific date. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to do this at 8.30 a.m. or whatever it is. You know, some people might argue, well, gosh, you must not really love Jesus if you have to put spending time with him in the calendar. I would argue Mm -hmm. the absolute opposite. Hey, it's Mm -hmm. so important. And I've got a busy life that I'm making sure that I don't. Abs- yeah. accidentally or intentionally overlook yeah. that which is most important. So I think touching on the same thing, what about the importance of accountability when it comes to habits? Because really that which you're accountable for is that which you tend to do. If mm-hmm. nobody's looking, if nobody's asking you, hey, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Did you do what you said you would do? We'll probably be more li- less likely to uh, to follow through. That, that is a general statement, too, because we look at personality types, and we know that some personalities are the self-motivators. Some really, really struggle with it. I was in a conversation yesterday with someone, and, and he said that when he took this new position on the, as a, whatever his new job was, his new boss asked him the question, said, are you really excited? Can you handle the freedom that you're going to be given here? Because it was a basically make your own schedule, do your own thing, just get mm-hmm. the work done, and and not have to worry about it. And he said, "Duh, of freedom? Of course, I'm ready to handle freedom. I can handle this all day long." And then he said, six months later, he's yeah. like, "Oh my word! Yeah. I had no idea of the responsibility on creating and maintaining freedom and and that job structure." So. Absolutely, Jeff. Part of that is an accountability. You have some folks that say, hey, I know i got to get this done. I'm just wired that way. I put it on my calendar. It's done, period. I don't have to respond to anybody. Mm-hmm. But it's almost a case-by-case basis. If you're that person that has to have that accountability, then that has to be part of the wiring that goes into that very habit. I worked out of the house for a while. I was bivocational for a period of time, and I was doing a lot of media business stuff in, in my house. And you know, the whole work from home in your pajamas thing, not It for ain't me. what it's cut out to be all uh, the time, it, yeah. I think it's great if you can do it, but here's what, here's full transparency. Hey, D.D. I started <laughs> watching ESPN and, you know, and creative. TBS, King was, of Queens. It was creative what, juice. Well, uh. here's when I got to work, really got to work. I was kind of working before that, but when I really got to work was um, about, you know, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So, uh, you know, and then, and then I felt guilty. So then I'm working until like 10, 11, midnight at night. So um, for me, what I had to finally start doing after a year or so of trying to do this was I finally decided I needed to um, to get up. I need to go take a shower. I need to get ready like I was going to work. And I even had to leave the house sometimes and go to the post office or go get some breakfast or, and then come back. And then I could work. So work for me. Yeah, and you know, the thing about um, accountability, I think, is that even the the people who are self-motivated, they still have accountability. It's just, it's a it's a deadline. It is another person that they don't want to let down. So uh, I, I think you're right, because I have a daughter who, um, man, you don't have to ask her anything. I mean, she's going to do everything that she needs to accomplish ahead of time. 
but still the idea, for most of us anyways, having somebody who's a battle buddy, you know, Um, having somebody who will walk with you, who will encourage you, because accountability is not just, hey, did you get it done? But it's the encouragement of, listen, it was only two pounds in a week, but that's two pounds less. You didn't get yeah. you didn't get to this weight overnight. And you're not going to lose it overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we've we've got in developing habits. We, we've got the time factor. Mm-hmm. We've got the um, the intentionality factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you said earlier, Kevin, about writing it down mm-hmm. and having a, a specific study plan. after study after study on that. Writing it down makes a lot of difference, big difference. But not just and not just writing it down, but keeping it in front of you. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about Reminder. goal setting, yeah, you, you know, most of us we 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 come about this idea of setting goals. We set the goals and then we never look at them for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. That totally defeats the whole purpose of setting goals. We have to look at them and remember them. And then, of course, you know, being accountable in some sort of of way. Um, if, another quite practical tool is resistance. So. If you're trying to break a bad habit, put as much resistance as you possibly can between doing whatever that habit is and yourself. If you're trying to start a new habit, put as little resistance between those as you possibly can. For instance, I need to go to the gym. Well, don't join the gym that's five miles in the other direction from where you're going to work. But it's $3 cheaper a month. You need to be smarter (laughs) than yourself and get the one that's on the way to work. Yeah. you're trying to just something practical. You're trying to watch less TV, make it harder, take the take the batteries out of the remote. Yep. Uh, if it's even worse than that, unplug the TV. Force yourself to say, "I am choosing right now to watch." Uh, what I don't even know a current TV show. I'm I'm choosing right now to watch. It's Golden Girls. The Golden Voice. Girls. Oh, Golden Girls. <laughs> I am choosing, so I am going to force myself Coming to get up. Coming on my door. That's not Golden Girls. I know, Girls. but I just have that in my head. Three's company. That was Grease Company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Funny story. Since you mentioned that, you know, I've, I've been in the middle of a remodel or have done a remodel. Yeah. And in the middle of that, um, for the living room, we had to totally resheet rock and move walls and stuff. So I had to unplug the TV because. The TV's moving to the other side of the room, and I have mm-hmm. to run cable to that spot. So the only TV in the house is in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And what I've noticed is that I didn't watch nearly as much TV because it wasn't because the couch was in the living room still, right. yet the TV was in the in the kitchen. So I'd have to sit on an uncomfortable chair to watch mm-hmm. something, and that habit of just flicking, you know, right. turning it on and and, and vegging right. wasn't easy to do. And so you're absolutely right. If, mm-hmm. if TV's too much, reduce the number that you have. But, but but resistance. The, the flip side of that is also being careful not to pick up a, a different habit yeah. that you're not wanting to. Hey, 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 come on. I'm right here. I can hear you. Yeah. For instance, not watching television, but spending more time on, with, with media. Yeah. Yeah. With, with on your phone. Yeah. Phone, Whatever. yeah. Things of that nature. So there is a, a safety. Also, I think part of it that we haven't mentioned yet is the, is the concept of biting off what you can chew, not taking unrealistic expectations, not trying to do something that, quite honestly, is, yeah, I is wanted, unachievable. I'm, I have a goal this year. Go. I'm going to dunk a basketball. <laughs> not going to For those of you who Kevin haven't seen Kevin. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Body it's shapes. Feet. Are you a pair? Oh, come on. Like, <laughs> I'm a skinny pair. I'm not going to talk about those Sunday skinny jeans. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you're a worship leader. Oh, with... oh man. So so habits aren't a bad thing always. Um, no, they're not at all. Sometimes they're good things. What, what, now, 
this this is probably a whole another topic as well, or we could make it another topic, but I, I feel compelled to say it here. Um, the idea of automating the important hmm. is getting into simple habits that that could that, that will save you a ton of time. It'll gain you a ton of time mm-hmm. throughout the day. Automate the important simply means the things that you um, that you that are extremely important or the things that you have to do the same thing many times. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, if I have to write letters of recommendation, which in my position I do for students or for jobs or, or, or scholarships or whatever, yeah. I start cataloging the letters of recommendation because at the end of the day, they're all basically the right. same. Right. So instead of having to rewrite a recommendation every single time from scratch. Copy and paste. I, I go, okay, this is a uh, uh, for a scholarship. Mm-hmm. This one I have is a recommendation for a job. Right. And I start cataloging those, and then when it's time to write mm-hmm. one, I simply pull back in the file, mm-hmm. I change the name, and mm-hmm. I add a few details that are specific to the person. But I've just bought myself 20 minutes. Right. Beca- and, and maybe that's not a habit, so to speak, but but it I think it fits because... It's Anything you can systematize that that is already something you're doing quite a bit. That's you're 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 making a habit. That is exactly what you're doing. Okay, cool. I mean, that's good. You're saving yourself time, and that's a good thing because it's time you can use for something else. Hopefully, right. good. You know. Yeah, or Netflix on the couch, I guess. <laughs> what else do you have? Anything else uh, when it comes to habits? Well, I was also thinking from just from a spiritual perspective. Let's go there for a minute. Let's do it. From the spiritual perspective, I, I the phraseology that I use with the teenagers a lot is is the concept of changing our DNA. Now we know that our physical DNA it cannot change, but the way I talk about it with the teenagers is is if we develop these spiritual habits, these spiritual foundations, these spiritual pillars in our life that, as you mentioned a minute ago, Jeff, it becomes second nature to us. I don't have to ask God when I see the little lady needing a 50-pound sack of dog food put into her car, whether or not I should do that. You don't need to pray about that. I don't need to pray about that anymore. Should I be kind today, Lord? Then it becomes part of my DNA, my spiritual DNA, that I know that that's what it is to be a Christ follower. Then I've developed a habit of seeing the world the way that Jesus sees it or listening to the world the way that Jesus listens to it. So developing these spiritual habits, these spiritual disciplines— not for the sake of a checklist, not for the sake of saying, I did my five things today, I'm a good Christian. It's so that my very DNA, my very structure, my very the very essence of who I am becomes so in tune with the Holy Spirit of God that the outpouring is walking in spiritual holiness and spiritual purity and impacting the world for the cause of Christ. That doesn't happen overnight. Now, there may be some people that say instantly when I said yes to Jesus, my whole life was was different and I've never been the same. And I believe that from a spiritual perspective a lot, but I also believe that we have a long way to go. It is Life is a race. It's a, it's a race of endurance, as Paul talks about it. And at the end, he says, I've, I finished the race. I've, I ran a, a good race. And you start looking at the way that he lived his life. His early letters to his later letters, in the scripture are a little bit different. He learned, he grew, he processed. All of us as Christ followers are becoming more in tune with him if we develop these habits of listening to the voice of God, studying and emulating what we see in scripture, passionately pursuing Christ with with the very essence of who we are. When we develop those habits, it becomes a part of who we are. It becomes second nature. And suddenly we're walking more intently with 
with the Holy Spirit and listen to the voice of God in a way that we we mm-hmm. weren't a little while earlier. We could almost look at ha- spiritual habits as uh, not not on a large scale, but on like a micro scale that we're, we're, we have a process of a spiritual habit. Like if I'm going to pray, I'm going to, for instance, I might start by going to a place. And once I get to that place, I might start by just sitting in silence or I might start by reading the Psalms. And then I might go into a time of confession. So it's not a... Uh, it, it's not just a show up and, okay, i got to pray. How do I pray? Yeah. But that process or that path can help us to be focused and have... And, and, and here's a... You know, this is completely fine. Tag it with something you enjoy doing. For instance, a lot of people talk about having a cup of coffee during their prayer time. That's fine. Tag it with something you're already habitually doing and let it become... We're, inc- we're incredible creatures that we, we associate things together. You get in the car and you buckle a seatbelt without thinking about it. So you well, can be, oh, ding, 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 ding. That kind of does make you think about it. Sorry, I totally derailed. Oh, the but, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Okay, so you put it in gear. Whatever, Sorry. maybe. <laughs> Habitually, we do things all the time that are associated with us. So do something that eventually the smell of coffee will, you'll start associating Great that idea. with my personal quiet time of God. So do something you're already doing and just kind of add something else into it and then add something on top of that. Once again, atomic, something small added on top of something else, and it just it builds on itself over time. So what you're saying by default, what I'm hearing anyways, is just because it's a spiritual habit doesn't mean it has to be drudgery or boring or... No. or you you know, probably won't do it's it. It's got to hurt. If it's going to be something spiritual for God, it's got to cost me something. No pain, no gain. No pain, no gain. Yeah, it, self-flagellation. That's what you need to do every time you go and pray. How... how, how how messed up is that, though? We, but we really do think that way our, sometimes. Our, our, we are so trained that uh, habits are all about self-control and willpower. We have been, and not just in and spiritual... not about joy, yeah. Not just in spiritual circles, but even, you know, no pain, no gain. You want to become the greatest athlete in the world, then you got to get up at 4 a.m. and jog. And, you know, that's, we're so... And, yeah, there's a, to some sense, there's an element of that. But some of the most self-controlled people in this world, they're not necessarily that much stronger willpower than the rest of us. They have just um, learned how to associate things together to get them to where they need to be. Vietnam veterans, give you this story. Vietnam veterans coming back from Vietnam, uh, statistics were very high on heroin use. Uh, this is something I just learned recently. Um, it was around 33% of Vietnam guys used heroin while they were in the war. And around 20% of those after the war were addicted to heroin. Here's what's fascinating, though. When they came back after a year or so, only like 5% were addicted still. And here's what this was basically showing was the environment they came back to made all the difference. They were able to break this habit, not because of willpower or self-control. They were able to break it because they were in a new environment. Vice versa, you see people who go to rehabs, they get off of an addiction, and they go back to the old group, to the old habit, to the old... And not the old habit, but the old environment, the old place, and they're back on, you know, the drug, whatever it may be, in a period of time. The environment we surround ourselves with, and this may be that nurture nature thing, but this environment we surround ourselves with, what we put ourselves into is going to make a lot of difference in the habits that we form. So it is about willpower and self-control, but it's also about what we surround ourselves with. That's a lot of the habits we have. Put yourself in a good position to spend that time with God every day. Fully agree. So let's close off by this. What are some of the habits that you've developed in your life? Uh, just no, no particular order. Just some of the things that have helped you because you've become habitual about it. 
for me, one of them is uh, every morning when I wake up, I wake up slowly and I get a cup of coffee. Hmm. I enjoy it. Mine has been slowly. I am, I am, <laughs> and this has not been long, but I have, I'm changing my mindset because I've always thought of you're a slow riser. Um, and I've always thought I'm a, a night person, not a morning person. Here's what I'm doing now in the mornings. When that alarm goes off, I, Boing! I do, I get straight up and I don't give myself time to think. And what I have found is that I feel just as fine as I do when I start the slow way, but I don't give myself time to process it. And, and, and here's, here's, this is a new thing for me. Even though my alarm clock is my phone, I haven't broken that one yet. I don't reach for my phone in the morning. I, I'm well into the day before I go to the phone. So that's a new one for me. It's helping. It's helping a lot. One of my habits is an age-old habit I've had for years, and that's calendaring and putting down on my to-do list what I have to do throughout the day. That's a habit that I developed many years ago because – I started to realize I couldn't remember everything. Mm. Couldn't remember where to be, what time to be there. I was off 15, 20, 30 minutes and we're dropping the ball and developed a habit a number of years ago. Thank you, Franklin Planner, shout out. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Um, it, it, it literally has changed my life mm. to a positive. Yeah. I've gotten into a habit of trying to read just before bed. That's the la- either read something or listen to something mm. as the last thing uh, I do. I used to be in a habit of just listening to scripture. While I'd fall asleep, I'd put in my earphones and I'd put on the the, the Bible app and I just listen. But what I what I started I started changing that because I found that if I was doing that, I, I wasn't praying. I was just listening, and I wanted something yeah. more uh, more two way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So lots like of good. No, I like it. That's good. That's good. Nothing to add. Awesome, guys. Thanks. It was fun. Let's uh, let's. Why don't we be about the habit of doing a podcast every week? Sounds good. We should do that. We should meet once a week and uh, record podcasts. Wait, wait oh, a minute. We, we have a habit. Come on. All right. Too fun. We will see you on the flip side. Thank you for listening to Messy Christianity. Three guys talking about life, faith, and everything in between. You want to know more? Check us out at www. Storypointchurch.com or www.messychristianity.com.